There are over 75 million baby boomers in America, and every one of them comes to a crossroads sooner or later. That's the topic of our program here on Primary Care Today. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and joining me is Marsha Felt. We're going to talk about the boomers, the changes in life, the frustrations, the good, the bad, the ugly, all those things. It's going to be an interesting program, and you know whether you're choosing to sell your family's home, not retire, or wallow in life's latest flow, or get back from it, baby boomers have momentous decisions to make as they age. Um, your role, of course, is the, uh, what you call a boomer generation advocate. Marcia, tell me what a boomer generation advocate is. Well, I'm 66 years old myself, so I'm kind of on the end part of the boomer generation, or beginning part, however you want to look at it. <laughs> um, and I've written a novel called The Oys and Joys, and there's four women uh, characters, and their lives are intertwined, and they're all boomers, and they're going through different life changes, different secrets from the past that end up kind of overtaking their life. And that happens a lot of times uh, in our age range that, that there are events or things that may be unknown to us that end up impacting our life when we thought we would have a quieter, you know, more relaxed lifestyle. What are some of those things? What are some of those events? Well, there were some DNA surprises in today's world. This is happening, well, I don't have statistics on it, but I know two people myself that have found out that they've had siblings that they didn't know that that they had. (laughs) They found out, they were surprised, and they found each other. That can happen. Uh, There could be sexual awakenings, even at our age, that take place. Our relationships may have different needs, different wants. We have a big physician audience, healthcare provider audience. You know, what do you suge- suggest to them? What, how should they be dealing with the boomers in their practice? Maybe a 30-year-old physician, a 70-year-old physician, doesn't really matter. The, the people in their practice, what should they be considering that maybe they're not? I mean, obviously all of us are worrying about high blood pressure. We're worrying about their cholesterol. We're worrying about whether they have met the United States Preventive Services Task Force recommendations. But what are we missing as physicians? I don't know if if you would actually say missing, but I think the emotional, which is always important in health, can have great impact for the boomer generation. We we have an opportunity now, really, we're given a gift with aging at this point in our life, at this time, because there's a lot of unique opportunities that seniors, which I'm not crazy about that word, but you know, opportunities that we can take advantage of now that weren't available to our parents. And the main thing, one of the main things that I would like to say is that, you know, it could be time to reinvent yourself if that's what you want to do, lead an active, vibrant life. And a physician can help with that as well. So we can, as physicians, have that active role. What about people who are listening, physicians or boomers for that matter, anyone, what should they be doing with their life? Let's say somebody's mid-50s, early 60s, and they're saying, you know, I've lived the best part of my life. The kids are out of the house. I, you know, I don't feel as worthwhile at work. I've got aches and pains. You can really get into a negative spiral. How do you avoid that and turn it positive? Well, I say kind of take a fast lane fearless at 60. Could be at 50. Could be at 70. Um, but just move into a situation where think about the fact, and I call it the wedgie generation, because we're kind of squeezed between the past and the present. We can see our future, especially if our parents are still alive, which our parents didn't always 
have the ability to see their parents at 90, 95, 100 years old. My dad just passed away recently at 95 years old, 10 days uh, before his 96th birthday. And he was still as active as he could be. But, you know, we, could, we can see really up close and personal what our life will be like in the future. And so that's part of that crossroads of if there's anything you wanted to do or take care of or handle from the past, do it because you're at that crossroads or you're going to forever face regret. So in other words, use that as an opportunity. You've got one life. Go for it. What about people who feel limited? Maybe they're afraid uh, they could hurt themselves or they still are under financial pressures. You mentioned the wedgie generation. They're still having to work because they might be supporting their kids or their parents or have these extra bills. They're unable to get away. What about those people? Well, there are opportunities out there as well to get help if it's a financial situation. Uh, sometimes even your children can help you. It's kind of a back situation. But um, hopefully if you need that type of help. Uh, and if you're physically limited, then there's always something that you can look at to do, no matter what that is. If it's something you could do, community theater. It doesn't matter really how old you are, but if that's something you always wanted to do, get out there and do it. Uh, whether you have health problems or not, there's something that you can always end up doing. One of the things that I've seen which might be an advantage, I think it is anyway for this generation, is because they were baby boomers, by very definition, it was a large mass of people that the advertisers were directing all their products to, that uh, you know, there was a need to make money in our capitalistic society with that large number of people. So whatever the boomers have wanted has always been the center of, whether it's entertainment, product development, even if the, when they were kids, toys. Um, is it continuing into the later years, or are younger generations becoming the focus? What have you seen from the work you've done? Well, I'm seeing that there's great opportunities for seniors. There's, there's all kinds of programs that focus specifically on usually it's kind of a 50-plus uh, type of, of age range. And, and we have more opportunities now than we've ever had if we choose to be vibrant in our relationships or our traveling or whether it's playing pickleball or anything else that we want to do, even pole dancing. There are people in their 50s and 60s, you know, trying pole dancing. It's a great exercise. You're listening to Marsha Felt. Marsha Felt is the author of The Oys and Joys. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, your host on Primary Care Today on ReachMD. Having that psychology background obviously must have helped you with your insight, not only with what we're discussing tonight, but also as an author. It has helped me. I'm also a, a CPA and a realtor. I've done a little bit of everything in my life, <laughs> I guess. And I owned my own business at one point. Um, and uh, m one of my big dreams was to write a novel and publish it. And that's what I've done. And I just fo focused on the boomer generation because these four women just sang to me. They just wanted to get their story out, and I really almost had no choice. I just had to get it out for them. I always like interviewing authors because I'm, I'm, you know, I've written medical books, but not creative books where you have characters. 
do the characters come alive in your mind? Do they do they take over the book when you wrote? What was your experience? Oh, definitely, they definitely do, and it's hard to explain. But it's just like when you're writing, it's like, oh, Lizzie would just not do that. Lizzie would do this. And they do. They, they talk to the author. They have their own feelings and their own judgments and, and their own wants and needs. And it's, it's really a fascinating world to be in. Because when I am writing, I'm in their world. I'm not in my world. When you read a medical book, it's you're kind of just happy when it's done because it's so detailed and precise. I'm curious, when you're writing fictional characters, do you get sad when it ends, or do you feel like something's missing? Are you happy for how it ended? I mean, what was your feeling in your book? Well, I gave my book a, a heartwarming ending. It wasn't a happy ending, uh, but it was heartwarming, and that's what I felt was necessary for the end of of my particular book. Um, each one of the four characters kind of had an arc and had a beginning and an ending. It's a year out of their life, basically. And I, I call it Golden Girls Meet Sex in the City. is kind of a real simple way to, to look at it. <laughs> um, and they each have their own needs and wants and situations that come up, and it kind of hits them like a tsunami. It's... Uh, it's, it is just as an author, you can feel for each character. And I'm going to continue their stories in novellas for anyone that wants to continue knowing one of the characters more than the other. So you don't have to really say goodbye to them. They continue uh, and, and their stories are continuing. That's correct, yes. And will you be dealing with the same subject matter as far as dealing with the boomer time, or will you shift to other areas? What What do you plan, or do you even know? Well, I don't totally have it mapped out. It's going to still focus on the boomer generation, but then they have children, and and some of them, not all of them, have grandchildren. So they kind of impinge upon, you know, the story as well. So it's not just one generational. It's kind of multi-generational. I want to take advantage of the fact that you have that psychology degree and ask a few questions. So you have someone who is questioning their life. They're saying, I really wish I had done certain things. Or maybe they remember they were much more passionate or had more interest or whatever, and they've kind of gotten into a rut either in their job or family life or whatever. What sort of tips do you have to help them to break through that? I mean, assuming that they even want to and that they're, they just don't know how. Let me kind of start from the beginning because something else I utilize in the book is is I kind of I don't like the term bucket list, and because it just sounds like a dirty old bucket and it sounds kind of like you know heading for death sort of speak, and I prefer the term bubble bath list, which is kind of a, a divatized term when I say bubble bath listed because it makes it a lot easier to write down something that you want to do, whether it's something you've never done or, again, something you want to kind of reinvent or, or, or go back to an issue that may have bothered you for 20 years or more, you know, that you won't, never got really clearly resolved. But if you write it down, that's step one, and that helps you then move forward to, to resolve whatever it is that you want to do. So essentially, that would be your approach or your guidance. And we only have about a few minutes to go. What did we not talk about that you think is important, especially since you're going to be dealing with healthcare providers in a show like this? Well, 
I think it's just important to realize that at some point, you know, you got to shed useless baggage, get rid of it if it's, if it's weighing you down, and revitalize lost dreams and realize what sags may never rise again. The last thing I want to ask you, which might be a, a long answer, I guess, is that when you talk about other life phases, you mentioned that about older boomers. When do you, you, know, when do you leave the boomer age and end this new phase? I mean, what determines that? Um, and how do you, when you say entering into another life phase, what are you talking about? We all have life phases that we've gone through, you know, from the time we basically were born. And then, you know, you have your teenage years and you have your different, you know, now you have the millennials, you have all terms for, for each each kind of grouping. Right. And the, and the boomers, you know, the, the year range for boomers is really if you were born from 46 to 64, 1964. Um, so there's pretty, you know, 18-year range, um, and you're right, over 70 million uh, baby boomers now, uh, which is a huge portion of the population. So I don't know if I've answered your question specifically, but, but there's just different phases that we all go through, and when you kind of hit that age of being able to, to see clearly, you know, the wrinkles, walkers, and weathered brains that may be ahead of us, and you've lived all this life behind us, and you're kind of right in there uh, doing what you want to do, or you may never get to do it. And that's sad. So the reality is, what I'm getting from what you're saying is, you want to take advantage of the fact that it's never too late until it's really too late, and that you should try to maximize whatever you have, or you may someday be looking back saying, gee, I really wish I had done that, or taken that trip, or whatever it would be. That's right, yes. Maximize is a good word. Um, you know, max, maximize the opportunities that you have. You walk into an assisted living facility, even though it may be wonderful, it may be very, very nicely decorated, they may have all types of activities, it may just be a wonderful place to live. And yet you can just still feel that there are some limitations. Sometimes it can just be physical or health-wise or or just, just a time in your life when you want to slow down a little bit. Just take advantage. If you have your health, just take advantage of it. And, and again, just be fearless as long as you can. Marcia Feld, I want to thank you for joining us on Primary Care today. Unfortunately, we ran out of time, but I appreciate the time you spent with us. Thank you. I appreciate your time, too. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit ReachMD.com slash today. You can download the podcast and learn more on the series. Thank you so much for listening.